Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And I heard a voice behind me that I recognized. And I turned around and I introduced myself to this person. After I thought about it, I thought, I can't believe I said this. I said, hi, my name is Julie, and you would not believe how much time you and I have spent together. <laughs> if we hope to survive in this digital age, we have to think critically about the messages we consume. Someone created those messages for a reason. Let's find out why. Sometimes we just have to ask, what the media I'm Megan Lynch, host and reporter at Legacy 50,000-watt AM radio station KMOX in St. Louis, Missouri. In my three decades as a journalist, I've had the honor of receiving a number of awards for my work, including one I'm most proud of, a National Edward R. Murrow Award. I'm joined by Julie Smith, author of Master the Media, How Teaching Media Literacy Can Save Our Plugged-In World. As an instructor and public speaker, Julie teaches how to dissect what you see and hear so you can be a savvy digital consumer. Let's talk about the bonds we make with our favorite media. up a tree and I feel like I'm clinging to a cloud I can't understand I get misty just holding your hand Julie's sitting here busting up she didn't know I was going to do this we're talking about our relationships with the media and this was the first thing I thought of the movie from 1971 Clint Eastwood played a, a jazz DJ and he had a listener who was obsessed with him and would call in and say, play Misty for me. Yeah, I think it was a pretty low budget film, but it turned into just kind of a cult classic throughout the years of how these relationships with quasi-celebrities can go wrong. Well, and I want to hear if you have anyone who thinks they might have a relationship with you, Megan, just because they're so familiar with your voice. I think there probably are people that do. And I have had people over the years who will call me in the newsroom and they know quite, they've pieced together quite a few details from just little things that I say on the air. Does that creep you out or does it flatter you or a combination of the two? 
It depends. Mm -hmm. It depends on what they're like. <laughs> and and I'll give you an example. Uh, I used to have a Jeep Wrangler with a soft top. We had some hilarious conversations about it on the air when I was working Saturday mornings with Bill Reeker because I, I just I'm kind of calamity Jane and silly things would happen like the night that I drove up to my parents and I had the top down and I thought, oh, I can make it home an hour and a half. It's not that cold. And it was so cold that I ended up like pulling my jacket over my head <laughs> to drive. <laughs> you know, and so when people hear something like that, they, you know, it's relatable. Well, right. And right. so I would have a gentleman, an older gentleman. And when I would work morning drive, then filling in during the week, he would call in the newsroom and he'd say, I'm always so glad when I hear you've made it into the station because I worry with that soft top Jeep that something's going to happen to you. Okay. A part of that is very sweet. And another part of that is little disconcerting, is it? I think it's just, don't we sell ourselves, though, in the media as we have a relationship with you? Right. You know, right. I mean, here at KMOX, where we're recording this, we call ourselves the voice of St. Louis. Sure. We're your voice. And I have to tell you once, um, I was at a gathering back when people used to, you know, gather. And I heard a voice behind me. That I recognized. And I turned around and I introduced myself to this person who's no longer at KMOX. But I said something. And after I thought about it, I thought, I can't believe I said this. I said, hi, my name is Julie. And you would not believe how much time you and I have spent together. <laughs> and I, I thought, that's probably the dumbest thing I could have said. But that was how I felt. Mm -hmm. So what I was experiencing is called a parasocial relationship. It's the idea that we have these connections with people in the media or sports teams or celebrities that is completely one-sided, right? We feel like we know them. So we spend a lot of time and energy cultivating that relationship from our side, but the other entity has no idea that we even exist. It's and a safe place, really. It is very safe. And what researchers say is so safe about this is that we don't have to suffer the anxiety of rejection, because we know where to find you. We know, I mean, it sounds stalky, but we know where you are, mm -hmm. right? And so we won't be rejected. We have all the power in the relationship. And I think that that's one thing that um, brings comfort in a weird, twisted way. But really, when I was doing some research on parasocial relationships, psychologists say they're very healthy and normal. Well, I mean, and really, it's a way to connect with people Without the risk. Without the risk. And it's a way to relate to people. I mean, and we're told, you know, as young broadcasters, you're told, you know, don't talk like you're talking to that person in the studio with you. You're talking to the person listening. And so, I mean, really, there's a, a deliberate attempt, especially in, in radio, to communicate with people on that one-on-one -on -one level. Now, I think, you know, where sometimes this gets a little creepier maybe is when we're talking about big celebrities and movie stars who really don't have that kind of connection right you know you know they're playing a part they're acting they're not really their true selves um i think that's when it can get a little out of bounds well and you know what as humans we are wired to connect with people right mm -hmm. that's a, it's a very natural occurrence for us so if we are spending 11 and a half hours a day with mass media now, which is what the latest research tells us, of course, we're going to feel connections 
to the people we encounter. And I was thinking, too, um, even about podcasts or music in particular, it can be such an intimate experience because usually it's something that we're doing individually and we have headphones on or earbuds, right? So it is a very intimate experience as opposed to being in a movie theater with lots of other people. Well, in radio, people listen to us in the shower. (laughs) They take us us in the bathroom. I don't know how much more intimate you can get. I don't know. I I don't know if I want a mental image of that. (laughs) But, oh, that's true. We go on road trips with you people. We have you with us all the time. And I know that I've mentioned before, the first thing my mom did in the morning was turn on KMOX. And the last thing she did at night was turn it off. So it's very easy to create these relationships with people. And now I think it's even easier because of social media platforms. I am so old that I remember when I first saw photographs of my favorite band. Like, think about that. I had no idea that Sting from the police was hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's a matter of opinion. (laughs) (laughs) But I had no idea because there wasn't MTV yet. There weren't, you know, there wasn't Twitter. There wasn't Instagram. And now we can connect and I'm using air quotes for connect because it is one way we can connect with all of these celebrities and teams and athletes on Instagram and Twitter. So it even makes that relationship feel stronger, even though it is still completely one sided. How disappointing is it when you have been a fan of uh, some celebrity or an artist and Either like locally, either you see them out in public and you're like, oh, they're not as tall as I thought they were. Or they're, or, oh, they're normal. Yeah. <laughs> or they they espouse some position in their real life on social media. And you think, oh, they're not the person that I thought they were well, because they, they come across as kind of two dimensional. They're not three dimensional to us. No, we don't think of them as real people. Mm-hmm. We don't at all. And plus, I think that we enjoy having people on a pedestal. Almost as much as we enjoy pulling people off the pedestal, right? But I think that there is um, a joy in that, having people that we can aspire to. And I think that's what makes it so disappointing when they don't come up to our expectations. I think one of the most phenomenal examples of how these relationships have grown are Trekkies. Several decades ago, there was a documentary called Trekkies. Uh Uh-huh. It's one of the best things I have ever seen to this day. We still talk about it. It's hilarious and it's kind of sad at the same time, but it's just amazing the devotion that and the relationships that people feel like they have to that franchise and any of the actors, no matter how big or small a part they played. Star Wars is you know, much the same way. I, I was going to say, Megan, we are a Star Wars family. I have never seen an episode of Star Trek. So, um, but for Star Wars, for us, I completely, completely understand. Mm-hmm. Completely. You can probably name all the episodes in order. Well, in order uh, chronologically or in the order that they were released? Because I can go both. <laughs> <laughs> and you feel probably like you have, uh, I mean, and I think because things like that, they do also elicit a, an emotional response. And it's nostalgia. Right. Because Star Wars is so much a part of my childhood. And then I made it a part of my my boy's childhood. (laughs) So it is a part of, how dare I say, our identities. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about intentional relationships. 
with things in the media. I'm thinking of branding and marketing, um, especially now on social media. There's some fun things that really happen between the public and brands today on, on social media. But I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really interesting to see. I mean, and we know. We know that these brands are trying to make a connection, and yet we still buy into it. I have a serious relationship with Diet Coke. <laughs> Does Diet Coke know that I exist? No. Well, they have responded to a few of my tweets, which I screenshot and save forever, right? Because it's <laughs> documentation that perhaps that parasocial relationship isn't completely one-sided. But I think that social media platforms have made brands have the freedom to be so creative and act indeed as a person with a sense of humor, really clever responses, even political viewpoints in many cases. So it makes us more attached to the brands, which is only good for them in the long run because we have such devotion. Think even as kids, how Ronald McDonald. Oh, yeah. Jolly Green Giant. How that pulled us in. Mm Mm-hmm. And my husband remembers the day with Jack in the Box when it was the creepy Jack in the Box at the drive-thru. And now they've completely morphed him, you know, into the antenna ball head. Right, right, They had a great series of really relatable, funny ads. I I think that built them a lot of brand loyalty. Steakums has gotten so much publicity because their presence on Twitter is very pro-media literacy, pro um learning how to discern accurate information from false information. And it's a processed meat product. Like who would think, (laughs) who would think that we'd be turning to inanimate brands for advice related to media subjects. But I love the fact that these marketers are using these new platforms as a way to make their brands more approachable and accessible, because really that's the name of the game, right? If we have a relationship with a brand or a celebrity or a team, we're more likely to maintain that devotion. Well, I think even, too, I think of social issues. There are a couple of products that I buy that they are very big, and they they tell you right up front, you know, this is what our money goes to. These are the social issues that we support. You know, this is who we have working with us. This is where we're supplying our our goods. They're really transparent about it. Yes, You know, and so I think that's been a new way to establish a relationship with consumers and say, you know, this is how we're being responsible in, you know, this area or that area. So celebrities even do that, too. I'm thinking about all of the students I have who are completely and utterly devoted to Taylor Swift. Completely. So whatever Taylor would say to do, they would do. Kind of like Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I won't. We won't even go into some of the subjects that she. Some of the about. some of the scented candles. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but you know what? Taylor Swift is actually a very savvy businesswoman. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Very very kind of like Lady Gaga. And so are the Kardashians. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Oh yes. Because they have made a fortune with really no discernible talent whatsoever. Now I think there's so many different ways to leverage that popularity. And I think it's very obvious who does it very, very well. And, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, I'm not a member of her um, cult necessarily, but you got to admire somebody who can find a market and a niche and work that type of devotion and parasocial relationship. Or Oprah. Oh, my gosh. Think of all the women that considered Oprah a personal friend. She just had that gift. She made you think that, that you'd be friends with her if she lived next door. She shared a lot of herself. She did. 
Yes, she uh, was very vulnerable on a lot of things that were relatable to a lot of women. And I think that that led to even more devotion. We also have this issue, especially with social media, of FOMO. Oh, yeah. Fear of missing out. So that almost, um, it's almost a burden in these relationships now with the media. Well, it's exhausting Mm -hmm. because you have to keep up. And it's you might miss out on something that someone else didn't. <laughs> and then you'd be sure to hear about it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Who wants to tell it first? <laughs> yeah, we call that performative sharing, right? That's always the joke. You want to be the first one to share something, whether or not it's correct or not. And I think probably, too, even in the last year or so, that has become a bigger part of people's lives. Because for many people during the pandemic, that's been their primary route to interact not only with the average people, everyday neighbors around them right. and their social circle, but also with the brands and the celebrities and, and other people in the medium. And, you know, when you were talking about Oprah being vulnerable and sharing so much a part of herself, I think that a lot of celebrities do that also on Instagram and Twitter, which I think makes them or in, and TikTok, too, for that matter, which I think makes them even seem more accessible. Mm hmm. And it could be a persona that they're cultivating, right? We still don't know them personally, but it doesn't matter because we feel like we do. Well, and I think there's even some younger politicians that are now using, we've talked about this, that are Mm -hmm. now using this to their advantage of, you know, beyond maybe their regular press release avenues, they are taking to places like Instagram and TikTok. Because then they can communicate directly with people rather than the middle medium of any television, radio, or newspaper. It's pretty clever, really. You know, I I always, you know, this has been fun to talk about. And I think we all, we all get sucked into it. We all get, you know, we all have brand loyalties. We're all fans of things. You know, there's still people that I meet in media circles that I'm like, oh, wow, you know, I watch them all the time. (laughs) So neat to meet them. You know, you're just kind of fascinated but what are the, from a media literacy standpoint of making sure we don't get sucked in too deep, what are some of the things that we need to understand and be cautious about? I think you want to ask the standard media literacy questions. Who's the sender of the message and what's their motive or intent? Who's profiting? What information is left out? It doesn't mean that, you're, that you can't really enjoy the message. It just means um, understand the purpose of it, understand how it makes you feel and why. And I think parasocial relationships are actually really enjoyable uh, because they can they can make the media products that those people put together even more enjoyable if you feel like you know them because then you can be happy and proud of them. I have, in the last year or so, become completely obsessed with Formula One racing. Hmm. And all of those racers and teams are on Instagram. And I feel like I know them now. I, I refer to them by their first names. It's rather unhealthy. But I enjoy it because it makes the races that much more fun. So there you go. I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm right there in the middle of it. I'm Megan Lynch with media literacy expert Julie Smith. What the Media is produced by Odyssey St. Louis from the studios of KMOX Radio. Our executive producer is Beth Coglin. We invite you to visit KMOX.com for more on our media literacy project.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.